Welcome to the latest instalment of The Curious Capitalist, brought to you by the Board of Conscious Capitalism in Connecticut. The Curious Capitalist is a series of podcasts where we take the opportunity to not only speak to board members from the Conscious Capitalism Connecticut chapter, but also to business owners, startups and entrepreneurs. The Curious Capitalist is available on all of the world's biggest podcast platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music and Spotify. Never miss an episode again. And subscribe today, wherever you get your podcasts from. Welcome along to the latest episode of The Curious Capitalist. Now, I'm excited about this week's episode as board member Soledad Matiozzi is going to be speaking with Mafuja Malik. Now, Mafuja is an associate professor of accounting at the Sacred Heart University in Fairfield. It's guaranteed to be a fascinating conversation. And without further ado, Soledad Amafuja, welcome to The Curious Capitalist. Thank you, Clara, so much for the introduction. And thank you, Mafusha, for being here. Mafusha, you have such an amazing accomplishment. I was reading your profile and I know you have a PhD, an MBA as well. You received so many awards and recognitions in your native country as well in Bangladesh. Most recently, you received an award from Poets and Quants. You were named among the top 50 undergraduate professors in 2021 here in our community. And what struck me about this award is that it was nominated not only by, you know, academics and alumni, but also mainly for due to students that wrote amazing reviews. So I wanted to congratulate you for that and thank you for your amazing contribution to our community here in the Fairfield country. But well, I wanted to start our conversation by you let us know a little bit more about you, about your journey, how did you get where you are today, and a little bit maybe what motivated you to become a professor, an accounting professor in the first place. Thank you very much, Claire and Soledad. I'd like to thank you for giving me this opportunity. Of course, I'll share my journey, how I came here. My father was a professor. So the reasons why I wanted to become a professor is partly to follow the footsteps of my dad. And mostly this is what I wanted to be with my education. When I was back in college, and of course, observing my dad, I found that a professor can create an immense impact on a student's life. So I found it would be really interesting to be in this profession. I'm originally from Bangladesh. I received a bachelor's degree in finance and banking from the University of Dhaka in Bangladesh and an MBA in finance from the same institution. And then later in 2007, I received the Fulbright Scholarship from the U.S. government. And I came here in the United States to do my MBA in international finance. And later I earned a PhD in accounting. And right after completion of my doctoral degree, I started my career in academia. And this is how I became a professor. What an impressive academic background and journey that got you to where you are today. And I really love 
this idea, uh, this motivation, you know, following what your dog, your dad doing, that is really the impact that he was having in young minds and in the new generation. And I really love that idea of having that purpose, that goal, and, and it really reflects in everything that you're doing as well. Congratulations for that. I also noticed that you conduct a lot of research within your time and your, your work here at the university, and you conduct a lot of research in specific topics very connected to what we work with here at Conscious Capitalism, and, and especially of what I do for a living, that I work on the environmental, social governance, and sustainability space and i know that you have a lot of research and papers on climate change risk corporate social responsibility the stakeholder orientation non-financial disclosure and these are areas that are kind of outside i think of the typical i don't know syllabus or traditionally and i'm very curious uh, to learn why did you incorporate if you incorporate this research within your classroom when did you start you know researching and how you relate this with accounting in particular we'd love to learn a little bit more about that sure so when i was doing my phd after my comprehensive exam during the third year of my phd i was exploring my dissertation topics so i always had an intention to do research on a topic that would have a large scale impact on the society. And I found that corporate social responsibility and sustainability is really a narrowly focused area, especially in the accounting research. And this is how I decided to do my dissertation on corporate social responsibility. And that's the starting of my CSR research. When I was doing my PhD, I attended a PhD course at Harvard Business School. It was a seminar course. It was instructed by Professor George Serafim and Professor Bob Eccles. Both are very renowned researchers in this area. We had to read a book every week and discuss those books. All those books are related to the topics about a corporation's role in the society. And those discussions were really thought-provoking. So I thought, why do we measure the performance of a business in terms of economic profit? Why don't we consider some other aspects? For example, what the role the corporation is playing to the society, how the corporation is impacting the environment, What's its relationship with the other community? How the corporation is treating its employees or its relationship with the customers? Why don't we judge all those aspects when we consider the performance of a corporation? So all those thoughts together kind of influenced me to do research in this area. And later, when I started my teaching career here at Sacred Heart University, I found that bringing those examples and those issues into classroom discussion is really helpful to influence my student, to excite my students. Because what you mentioned, so that these topics we usually don't teach in our typical regular accounting courses. 
So students really love to learn more about these issues. And Sacred Heart University is a Catholic institution, so social justice is in its core value and its mission statement. So my college and my university also welcome to teach these type of topics in our classrooms. My background is in law. I study law also in Argentina, where I'm originally from, and then study law here in the U.S. And I wish I had the possibility of learning this within my syllabus. And I know this is changing little by little and more and more law schools and business schools are incorporating these issues within their academic programs. But it's something that I believe is something that it, it should be a requirement for any future leader or student, uh, either economics or law or any other subject to understand economic theories that we learned in school and they continue to be taught in many universities today are based in theories that are, you know, from the 1950s or, or a little bit after that. But right now, as you mentioned, we have a context, 21 century, where we have other boundaries, our uh, other contexts, where we really need to understand what is our impact as an individual and as a business. I was reading a book a while ago called Donuts Economics, trying to incorporate new ideas, I kind of debunk old ideas that are no longer applicable. This, I think it was 2014 or 2013, not so long ago, this movement of students received a lot of resistance, a lot of resistance from traditional economic professors and also from some students, from academic world because it's it's an unknown territory right it's a change and and there's a challenge on how to incorporate these issues have you found kind of similar resistance within i don't know maybe professors or other colleagues or students that maybe come to the classroom saying look i'm here to learn or not can you tell us a little bit more about that Sure, so that you brought some important topics. We have been teaching the same theory, same concepts, years after years. And sometimes it's very challenging to bring some new issues, to introduce new concepts into curriculum and challenges. But I will say there are two categories that I have faced. Number one is related to some logistics and related to the courses. First, there is a time constraint. I teach mainstream accounting courses, such as financial accounting, managerial accounting, advanced accounting, and we have 12 to 14 weeks of a semester, and I have so many topics to teach, all those related to core accounting concepts. It's very difficult for me to make space or time or a part of the week to teach on these issues, sustainability or CSR. And it takes time to relate those concepts into my classroom or textbook concept. Second challenge, I would say lack of textbooks. We don't have many textbooks, very organized and structured textbook, especially in the context of accounting that we can follow. But what you mentioned about the economics textbook, I also noticed, especially last two years, those main accounting textbooks are incorporating these issues into their newest editions. Sometimes they are adding new pages or a new chapter or some case study, which is really very 
interesting and very useful for teaching those materials. And also you mentioned about the students' interests. When I teach accounting, most of my students want to be a CPA or pass the certification exam. And they focus mostly on those core accounting topics that will be tested. But on the other hand, the CSR or ESG issues are not tested for those certification exams. So I found they are very much demotivated. And then another category of challenge, I would say it's kind of a larger scale we make any change in our curriculum, especially at college level, we also have limited number of courses and we have different arguments whether we would incorporate a business ethics course or we would incorporate a course on information system or technology or analytics. Again, the constant here is your time and content issues. And sometimes may not everyone will agree on that these topics are important and students need to be educated in the classroom. It's not that they will be learning from here and there, hearing some podcast or reading some magazine articles. These topics need to be taught in a structured way, but not many professors or business school administrator may agree on that. But things are changing, which is really hopeful. It's very interesting what you mentioned and it's changing and I think it's changing because the world is changing and regulation is changing. Specifically, I think right now, maybe it not might be required for a CPA, but soon I think, I believe it will. Quite recently, you have the Securities and Exchange Commission directives that will demand certain companies to disclose the non-financial information related to climate risk and also diversity and inclusion, things that maybe they don't know how to comply with these requirements. And there's not a clear directive of how to do it. And therefore, somebody who can understand these issues and can really explain, in a, explain and communicate them in a clear way to the public, in an authentic way where you can really rely on, comes the idea of accountability. I think the accountants, <laughs> The auditors and accountants have a very important role to play here to deal with this and understand these are the ones who are going to be more successful in helping this company comply with new regulation. Do you agree with that? Do you think the regulation in terms of accounting will shift in that direction? Yes, I totally agree with you, Sol, that things are changing. And what you mentioned about the integrated reporting, and if you have heard about the SASB, sustainability accounting standard boards, they're trying to initiate yes. the integrated. So I'll talk a little about the role of a, a typical accountant. What does an accountant do? So accountants record everyday transactions for a business. Accountants prepare the income statements, balance it. In a simple word, those we call financial reports. And we follow the SEC or the Securities and Exchange Commission's structured way to do those reporting, annual report, what we call 10K or quarterly reports. Those are all financial reporting. Accountants also do auditing the certified accountants. They check, they make sure that all the numbers are correct. Nothing is falsified and misleading. Accountants also do all tax-related activities. They check all tax-related regulations. Now, 
here comes the new rules of how they can contribute in these areas. So if you think of integrated reporting, it's not only about the financial numbers, it's not only about the income statement and balance sheet, we also need to report the information about climate change or sustainability or the amount farms are investing to reduce their carbon footprint or investment in CSR issues, carbon tax, how much they are paying. So accountants need to learn how to report all these. And as SASB is trying and many European countries, some countries made it requirement. Now in the USA, companies prepare CSR reports, but it's voluntary, it's not audited, but accountants can use their expertise to audit those numbers because we need to make sure farms are not just doing greenwashings. Those numbers are authentic, what they are preparing and telling it to the people. So here accountants can help reporting all those CSR ESG related information. Second, accountants can audit those informations. Now the big four accounting firms are giving training to their employees how to audit those numbers. Accountant can also do some analysis and show how the investment in CSR can bring short and long-term benefits for their own corporation. So there is a huge role that accountants can play to make this change. I love that. And that is a lot of what we, we talk about, to have this higher purpose just beyond just making profits and how all these putting kind of humanity back on the center, the relationships with our customers, with our employees, and each one of us needs to flourish and grow in order to really fulfill our mission. And I think the accountants have the skills to put this into number and to make it accountable. They have such an important role to play in transitioning to a more conscious way of doing business as well, I agree. And related to that, I know that you do a lot of research on what is stakeholder orientation. That is kind of a contrast of economic idea of competition and the idea of short-term profit returns. And for the shareholders, there is one of the stakeholders. And, you know, at Conscious Capitalism, as I mentioned before, we truly believe stakeholder contributes to the overall success of the company. So I'm curious to know specifically with stakeholders within accounting and, and your research, how is this got within that framework and how traditional way of seeing economics as a way of just making profits in the short term? The Curious Capitalist podcast on behalf of the Conscious Capitalism Connecticut chapter is created and produced by Red Rock Branding. If you are enjoying this episode, please subscribe to and share this podcast today. The stakeholder theory is one of the most important theory in business education. It was introduced by Professor Edward Freeman in 1984 in his famous book, Strategic Management, a Stakeholder Effort. So it describes the interconnected relationships between a business and its different stakeholders, such as investors, employees, customers, communities, suppliers, everyone. But you know, back in like early 2000s, or maybe when I took my first undergraduate class in financial management, 
I was taught the objective of a business is to maximize its value. And the value is measured in terms of share price. That means at any cost, you need to maximize the share price. Even here, if you look at the United States, all those laws and regulations from the Sarbanes-Oxley to Dodd-Frank Act or the SEC's initiatives, all are very much shareholder-centric. But now we need to think out of the box. It's not only the shareholders. Of course, shareholders are one of the most important stakeholders, but it's also about the other groups related to the business. And here, in terms of accounting, the stakeholder theory is also important. When an accountant prepares their financial report, the accountant needs to think of not only the shareholder, but also the other stakeholders how the other external parties, no matter a bondholder or a customer or suppliers or even a community people can get relevant information from the financial reports. And here also comes the point of integrated reporting. So overall, the integrated reporting also relates to st stakeholder theory. And that's what I do in my research. In my research, I show that the maximizing the value of different stakeholders will give you the benefits, no matter in the short term or long term. So I published several papers. One of the major papers that I published and that was cited many times by other researchers, it proves that different stakeholders groups such as employees or customers, supplies or communities if you can maximize their values, not only your shareholders' values, you will make both short-term and long-term benefits in terms of your profitability, in terms of share price too, or building a relationship or your reputation as overall business. So this is how I prove in my research that maximizing stakeholders' value will give you more benefits. I tested it by using some empirical data in different contexts. For example, I also do executive compensation research, CEO and CFO or top executives, how they are compensated. So traditionally they are compensated only based on their profit and stock price. But if we could tie their compensation with those social performance, they will perform better. And the farm can also contribute to the greater society as a whole. These are some findings from my recent research. We need that so much. Thank you so much for doing this research and putting this into numbers. You mentioned before, you bring this case, probably ask them to do their own research as well. You know, at Conscious Capitalism, it truly makes sense. It's good relationships with your employees. The same with your suppliers. It's if you have a good relationship, long-term relationship, you invest in them, that is going to be related to the success of your business in the long term as well. And it makes sense that we need more of that foundation that you're doing that is so important to reflect in numbers and in real life cases, the way it works in today's context and that you can do both. You can have an amazing relationship with all of your stakeholders, including the planet, because you have this ecological boundary and be very successful while doing that, even more successful if you do that. I was listening to one of uh, Curious Capitalism, a conversation between 
Gavin Watson and it's David Sloan Wilson from Pro Social World. We're doing a lot of work together. We have so many things in common with the two organizations. And I really liked, you know, an archipelago are many islands with little communication with each other. If they don't have communication, you know, there's no cooperation and there's no growth and there's no adaptability. And I think about, you know, law school in the future. I don't want to see a sustainability subject that is kind of an archipelago that is not connected with all the others. I just want these ideas of the stakeholder orientation, climate risk, our social foundations, our ecological boundaries, all the different subjects are uh, integrated as a new way of seeing the world uh, so we can develop new theories around it and we can really make a big impact in the future within our new context. Do you feel it's the same way or how do you imagine the same, you know, the business uh, school uh, of the future? What things you will keep, what things you will you will change. <laughs> That's a great metaphor, what you mentioned. And I also feel the same way as part of a business school professor. Uh, first, I think teaching this concept here and there may not serve the purpose that we have. So first, I think every business school should want concrete course on these topics. And that could be discipline specific, what you mentioned about different law examples. Within business, we have different disciplines like marketing, finance, management, accounting. So we could do a course completely dedicated to discipline specific issues related to sustainability or ESG, or we could introduce one common business course for all business school students where we will introduce the topics in different contexts. Of course, there would be a basic foundations. Well, many business schools, they have a business ethics course. And we teach business ethics, but mostly like grad level or MBA level. We also have a little bit of sustainability curriculum, but for grad students. I think we need to start educating the students at early stage, of course, at undergraduate level, dedicating one complete course throughout the semester. And again, we could develop it based on disciplines or integrated all disciplines. Now introducing one course will give the professors time and scope to teach these important issues and that will also give students the opportunity to, to learn really well. And here it's not only about climate change issues, of course environment itself is one of the stakeholders, what you mentioned, but we should also include some other contemporary issues, what you mentioned, diversity and inclusion, workplace equity. We educate future business leaders. We need to teach our students how to become a passionate business leaders. That are just not will come by itself. We need to teach these issues. So if I think of the future of business schools, I would say we need to focus on these issues those social justice and we need to incorporate these into business school curriculum and especially at early stage when students just start their uh, business or college career, freshman or maybe sophomore level, not waiting until they are graduate school. Of course, there might be some executive curriculums if any uh, business professionals want to learn, they can come to graduate school and learn themselves. But we need to introduce this concept earlier at their education. Yes, I, I agree. 
I love that. I really like a phrase about reframing the way of economic theories. She said, what if we started economics now with, with its longest T, long-term goals in the center? So she says, and then we sought out the economic thing that those long-term humanity goals that we have. She has a kind of a donut that is the, her book. Outer part of the donut, you have our planetary uh, boundary. If you move beyond that, then you have climate change risk, you have biodiversity loss. So we need to stay within that boundary. In the middle, we have an ideal situation where the needs of everybody are met. We have successful businesses, all the stakeholders creating value for everyone around us within that boundary. And then inside, you have a social foundation, as you mentioned, like the city's concerns. And if we, if we jump inside of that, then we have hunger, we have poverty. So we have to keep able to be, you know, keep middle. And that is her new way of thinking about economic theory. And I really love that because it really resonates what I do and with uh, what we think here at Conscious Capitalism to elevate humanity, to go back to what we need, what are our concerns, and how can we create value for everyone around us, not only for a few the shareholders, right? It's something that I, in this book, and it really, really resonated with me, the idea of putting uh, humanity in the center again. Do you think the same way? Of course, I think the same way, right? Why we are here in this planet, we need to serve the people surrounding us. No matter what you are doing, what's your job, you need to think of others, right? Serving others will give you the real happiness. And if I think of in the context of business school or business, it's not just serving yourself or your organizations. You need to serve the common goods of the society. And we need to find out those ways. I really appreciate what conscious capitalism is doing. We need to create the awareness. We need to make this change. I also take the book that Donut Economics, I was just checking, Googling, and I found really catchy, interesting uh, page and illustration on that. So, so serving the human being and society should be the center, main center, common goods of the society. And then, of course, we will have our own purposes. Of course, your organization will have your own goals, but we need to make sure that we cannot achieve our own goal or our organization's goal at the cost of greater society. And if we can do well for others, we will also get the benefit. That means we are doing well for ourselves too. So I really agree what you are talking about. And it's really interesting that not only business or law or economics, in every discipline, people are thinking in their own ways, how we can make this change. And creating awareness is really important and educating people, educating ourselves, and especially educating the future generation. Sometimes I feel we could start this education even at early age. I have um, yeah. a daughter, seven years old daughters, and she goes to elementary school, she learned about the environment and she's really conscious about littering. Even if she sees like a trash or a can on the street, she will kind of insist me to peek and then trash you to clean it. So I think it's all about education. The way we teach our future generation will, will start the change. 
I agree. Yeah, and I think it's happening. I'm very positive about these issues usually, but I think it's happening. I see it in all and I see it and I see how conscious they are about all these issues. And you know, we have only one planet and, and that we need to be able to be sustainable for all of us to live happy in the future, right? And related to that, I, I'm curious to know, you know, you have such an amazing journey, so many accomplishments, you have done so many, and you're working with these young minds all the time. And I was wondering if you can point out this moment for me as a professor, something, maybe somebody said something or a realization that you changed. Um, what would you say it is a moment like that? Yeah, I will share my proudest moments in general. Uh, in my advanced accounting class, my students need to do a research project and they do research on these issues, corporate social responsibilities or ESG or sustainability related issues. And they pick their own topic within that research area. And I found the students are really creative when they pick their topic. They come up with really interesting ideas and they can think out of the box. As an academic, when I do research, or you will find it very common for all researchers, we first think of what type of data accessibility we do have. So our research questions are kind of shaped by the logistic support we have. But when students do research, they come up with crazy idea, crazy research question, and they don't dare. And they come up with some weird survey questions. And they did. I can remember one of my senior level students, they did a project focusing on the big four accounting firms like Deloitte, EY, Ernest and Young, and PwC and one of the other big four accounting firms. And they compared their CSR performance and they surveyed, interviewed people who are there. And one of my another honors student, she did a research which accounting firm is good for female accountants. And why? What are the factors? So I feel really proud that they could come up with unique research ideas and they can share all those research findings. And sometimes their papers kind of um, excite me to come up with my own research questions. So that's what I found interesting and very proud learning from my students. It's kind of two-way. It's not only I'm teaching them, they're also teaching me something. I love, and I think it applies businesses as well. You know, if you have you for this autonomy, for seeing things different, for them to con to conduct their own research, to to bring new ideas, oh, the greatest idea. And we need more and more this in any type of education. I think so. Forming these young minds uh, to be creative, to be innovative, and to really understand, think our context, to be in contact, in tune with what is going on in our world today and relate what they're doing and their aspirations. You know, at Conscious Capitalism, what is key? A leader there out there that is a conscious leader and a true leader. And oftentimes we what a true leader is, we, we start thinking about motivation. What is the motivation for leader? I think motivation is something that true leaders aspire to leadership so they can help others a vision of the future and they want this vision to become a reality and they want others to with them and make that real i kept looking at the feedback that your students are giving from you and and i will read a few she's innovative with emotional intelligence and and going back to what you first said your motivation to become a professor and having an impact in society and i think 
this is what you're doing. We're so happy to have you here in our community and we thank you so much for all that you're giving back to us. So I don't know if you have any questions for, for me or for us, but it has been such a pleasure to have been with you and, and to learn more how you integrate this into accounting and people like you, this strong motivation with this true purpose to, to make it a reality and incorporate it in. I'd like to thank you so that and Claire and of course Conscious Capitalism for giving me this great opportunity and if we take one small step at a time, of course, I believe we all can make a change. And you are directly working with different type of businesses, small to large scale businesses. So we have, you have that great opportunity to make connection to influence others. And I feel very fortunate to get this opportunity. I do academic research, but sometimes making connection to real world business is really impactful and especially sharing those experiences with my students is, I found, really remarkable. So thank you very much for giving me this opportunity. I'd be happy to continue collaboration with you and, of course, bringing you into classrooms any of your expertise if you want to share what you are doing to educate my students in my class. That would be wonderful, and I'll be very happy to work with you in future too. Thank you. Ladies, that is amazing. Solidad and Mafuja, you are incredible. I have to say, you are the smiliest. I know it doesn't really work on podcasts. You are the smiliest, most infectious podcast guest I think I've ever had the privilege to interview. I think that the future at Sacred Heart University and certainly in Fairfield County is in exceptionally good hands. I feel so buoyed and, you know, buzzed up, I guess, is the phrase for the future. Uh, with the work that obviously we do here at Conscious Capitalism here in Connecticut, and you as in the, the student in the academia world, wow, we've uh, we've got a real incredible opportunity here. I feel really positive about the future. Thank you so much for your time and Soledad, a superb job of firing the questions at this lovely lady. Thank you so yeah. much for the time that you've given us today. Thank you again. Thank you so much, Claire. Uh, thank you both so much for your time today. It's been an absolute privilege to listen to you guys. And thank you for being a part of The Curious Capitalist. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this episode of The Curious Capitalist. If you would like to find out more about conscious capitalism, or if you would like to join the local chapter, visit the website connecticut.consciouscapitalism.org. The Curious Capitalist is available on all podcast platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music and Spotify. If you have enjoyed listening to this episode, subscribe to and share this podcast today. This podcast was created and produced by Red Rock Branding, redrockbranding.com.